This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Virginia only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 532 3500. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. It is the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Thanks for giving me some time today. We are one week away from the franchise saving night for Ryan Poles and the Chicago Bears as they get set for rebuilding the roster part two in this offseason. And it is my pleasure to bring in the company of a brand new teammate. I've called him a brand new teammate a time or two in the past. Most recently at the drive, my little FM morning thing with Pete McMurray when he joined us for his uh, his Sunday Bears postgame shows. It's Mike North, the former score midday slugger, who's going to be with me every week here on the Danny Mac podcast. Welcome aboard, buddy. I, Danny, 31 years ago, I told everybody this is how it's going to come around it's a it's a cycle you know what i mean i remember sitting on saturdays going you think we'll work uh for a casino someday and you go i don't know let's just try to make it through the show and uh <laughs> we broke some we broke some stories back when we worked saturdays i mean people know that you and terry worked the heavy fuel crew me and dan chickets worked as the monsters but uh danny lee uh decided and, and ron gleason and them like you know these two guys might do something we actually broke some news with ron Schuler when uh he told us famously on that Saturday that Roger Clemens was damaged goods. And then he went on with Toronto for about four or five years, just blowing the fastball by everybody. Of course, he was jacked up with everything at the time. But that, there's some good memories. We have a lot of great times, including going out and having a few after the shows back in the day. So, hey, time has flown, but we're still here, baby. I, I think on the uh, on the Ron Schuler interview, if I remember it accurately, you were either hungover or still drunk that Saturday morning in the late winter of night. I was hungover. I was never drunk before a show, but I'll tell you. Oh, what. don't give me that! You you showed up at one of those still smelling of something. Well, that of course, wasn't natural. Bobby Lane didn't. Bobby Lane didn't drink the booze in the locker room the hour before. He didn't brush his teeth. After he came home, you know what I mean? In 1957, when the Lions were in the huddle going, what the hell did you drink last night? And Bobby Lane goes, I had gin, I had some vodka, but vodka doesn't stink. But you know what? I'm feeling good. They go, brush your teeth next time and then break, you know. (laughs) We bring it to these 2023 Chicago Bears a week from tonight. Uh, Ryan Poles, the GM in year number two, with another tremendous opportunity after trading down with the Panthers. The Bears picking at nine if they keep it. My suspicion is they will either trade down just a few slots or keep it and take the guy who they project to be the biggest difference maker, and that is the offensive tackle Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern, Mike, or a significant pass rusher slash 
maybe a, a three technique guy like the kid from Georgia who's had a lot of lot of conversation during this uh, during this offseason leading up to the draft. What do you want them to do with that ninth pick? If you could have your way, what would you prefer the Bears do one week from tonight? I want Skaronsky. I want protection. I don't want to hear that uh, Justin Fields doesn't have enough protection, that he doesn't have enough time, uh, that he's not under siege where he has to run as soon as he gets the ball. Not that that always happened last year. I mean, there were times he held the ball for three, four seconds. He's got to get his reads better. He's got to do a better job at finding the receivers. He'll have better receivers this year. They've improved the roster. He's got to win a game sooner or later. They've lost nine in a row uh, when he does play. Uh, but I don't want Jalen Carter. I don't want Tommy Harris, too. I don't want Brad Shear. I don't want an inside defensive tackle. Hopefully he won't last. I hear Detroit's looking at him at number six. Okay. I've heard it all. Oh, Tommy Harris. Oh, Brad Shear. Oh, this guy. Oh, Shay McLennan. You know what? When you're inside, when you're inside, your chances of injury for a number one pick at nine and a defensive tackle from every angle are there. And we saw it with Tommy Harris and other people. We've seen it with, with great players. Dan Hampton, for God's sake. He had 12 knee surgery. So I hope they take Skaronsky. If they Carter keeps dropping. Carter, I was in an airplane once that dropped 5,000 feet at, at one point. It was one of the scariest things of all time. The only thing I see dropping faster was Jalen Carter because I saw people picking him the top three, but then the pictures came out. The gut. Uh, tired, not, uh, you know, uh, solely engaged in his workouts. Uh, and and when I watched the, the Georgia team, which was great this year, they brought a guy in. They said, you know, they say there's not much of a drop-off from Jalen Carter to this guy. And I'm going, okay, then why are we taking Jalen Carter? You know what I'm saying? I don't think they need a defensive tackle. I need, they need, I mean, I, I think they need an offensive tackle. I like Skaronsky. I think he's solid. You uh, you scratched my itch for seventies football with the Brad Shear reference. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for doing that. I appreciate that. The Outland Trophy winner, I think, yep. out of Texas. Yeah. And uh, I don't even know if he wound up playing it down for no. the Bears. He was he was awful. Tommy Harris, I will defend. Uh, Jerry Angelo got three. Well, two for sure. All pro years out of a guy with a reconstructed knee coming out of college. I think he was worth the 14th pick. Well, without a reconstructed knee and healthy, he probably has 10 years of all-pro. Maybe six, maybe five. Let's take damage good, see if we can get a couple years out of him. Uh, Jerry Angel, there's a reason he's not a GM anymore, maybe. Because I, I never bought I never bought him. I never did. And then he went the, the Bible route. He was a preacher. He was all over the place. He never... He never, his workouts after that, he tried, but it just didn't work out for him. I just think it's a vulnerable position. And I'm thinking Detroit's going to take him to match him up with Hutchinson, which will make him good. And, you know, mm -hmm. and, and if something happens there, it's going to be to his advantage. I think to play him on the Bears right now, I think there's just better options, Dan. I really do. And I think you got to protect fields a little bit more so we get an idea whether this guy's going to be decent or not. Because right now, it's up in the air. Bottom line, we don't know if four years from now, if three years from now, if two years from now, this guy's going to be leading the charge. If he has a year this year where he gets better, okay. But if he has a year where, eh, you know what I mean? They got decisions to start making because that's the number one 
problem this team's always had is the quarterback position. Yes, that's not, not, you can't debate that. Mike North is going to be joining me on a weekly basis. Moving forward here on the Danny Mac Bet Rivers podcast, and of course, I look forward to football season as much as any. And I have not looked at my Bet Rivers app since shortly after the Super Bowl when I was curious about odds for this coming season. We'll get the schedule in a few weeks, and of course, we sure. will go over the schedule, my friend. And, I love and it, for- and we will do each game as only we can do it. And we will go win, 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 loss, win. Is it absurd to think today that if the Bears are 11 and a half, which would be crazy, crazy high after a 3-14 and 14 season, that it might not be a bad play because you get a nice payoff on it? Can the Bears go over on a number that big this no. year? No. They lost nine in a row last year. Ten, I think, yeah. Oh, and I'm sorry, another- yes, with Fields, right. With Fields, they, they, Danny, Justin Fields has a lot of questions. And for some reason, the media is going to put him on an extended honeymoon, just like they put the White Sox with the rebuild for four years. Let's show the minor league highlights. Let's tease the people who's coming up through the ranks. They like to play the fans, okay? Justin Fields last year, the one thing I thought the Bears did that was criminal, I'm not going to deny his competitiveness. I'm not going to deny how tough the kid is. He busted his tail. So what do they do after he loses nine games in a row and the team and he's killing himself? He's getting hurt. He's getting thrown around. He's got a chance. And I was on in Las Vegas last night talking about and they were stunned. They didn't even realize it. The Bears had a chance to feed the fans at least some hope by letting Justin Fields break the all-time rushing record in the last game of the season. And give the fans, maybe, hey, you break the rushing record, which is a hallowed record. I mean, you got quarterbacks like Steve Young, Fran Tarkenton, Randall Cunningham, great quarterbacks in the past that have wanted this record and, and have gone for it. And what did they do? They sat him. He could have had his spikes, his helmet in the Hall of Fame as the all-time rushing leader. And they said, you know what, Justin? Thanks for almost killing yourself to try us win the game. But being the Chicago Bears, being the, the team we are, and the fans want to see you break the record, we're going to sit them. We're going to sit them the last game of the season and deny you the record. I thought that was criminal. I I couldn't have supported their decision anymore. We know he's a great running back. What was left to be learned about Fields' escapability or splash play? You you got to – and he admitted this after the season. You can't think about rushing for 1,000 yards ever again because that is going to get him killed – and that is going to do to the Bears what it's done to the Ravens when Lamar Jackson is unavailable. So then why didn't they sit him the week before? If you were worried about him getting banged up and you had nobody around him for the most part, you had Claypool who couldn't play, your, your running backs were ineffective, you put him back there for nine straight weeks to get his brains beaten. And it's good to know, in my opinion, that you and Eberflus are on the same page, you and the Bear organization. <laughs> Let's let's sit let's sit the kid and deny him a record that's a great record for a National Football League quarterback. I don't be, I don't hold a grudge against any running quarterback who rushes for a thousand yards when he has to. Randall Cunningham was one of the great quarterbacks ever, as far as people as far as being a running and passing combination guy. Mm-hmm. I just thought, 
oh, my God, we can't play him now. He might get hurt. What happened the last nine games? He could have gotten hurt at any time. He's a football player. He's tough. He's resilient. And I just thought that was a mistake. We can disagree on that. But if I had a chance to win a spelling bee, which would be very hard to do, Mike, you got one person left. That's all you got to do. But we're going to sit you. We're going to sit you. How do you feel? And he'll, he'll go along with the whatever they want to say, play the company line. But if you if I ask Justin Fields, would you like to have broken their record? And he says, no, I don't want him as my quarterback. I want him to try to get as good as he can. And he had to run out of survival, Danny, sometimes. not not. And by the way, he's still got work to do on his accuracy. But I just felt that that was a slight to him. And we'll see what happens this year. The White Sox have a day off. They could use a lot of them. Or maybe they just need to get back to the ballpark and start playing defense, start throwing strikes. They are the bottom feeders, Mike North, in almost every important category from a pitching and defense standpoint. And they wasted another decent effort from from Clevenger on Wednesday. This thing has unraveled so quickly on the White Sox. They look no better than they did a year ago in terms of run prevention and pitching. Soft baseball team. Uh, Guys still uh, sit with owies. Uh, My cod is hurt, it seems like, every three days. Uh, You can't depend on these guys. I see where the Chicago Cubs pick up a Bellinger, pick up a Swanson, uh, you know, pick up a, a Hosmer. And then the other day I'm reading where the White Sox picked up another Cuban pitcher uh, two years for $2 million. Uh, you know, never never heard of him from a small town where, to me, I just think that there's some guys that haven't produced that should have. And, like, Mancada is the worst of the bunch right now. I started out strong, uh, but I said at the time that to trade, even at that time, Chris Sale, we didn't know what his injury situation was going to be. We didn't know what the problem was going to be. I said that Moncada's got to get 30 home runs and drive in 95 to 100 RBIs every year and be like Mike Schmidt to trade a guy like that at the time. It's not just Moncada's fault. It's the culture of the baseball team. It's the training staff, Danny, uh, that has had all sorts of issues. I mean, uh, nobody even questions the fact what's going on with with all your players getting hurt. So uh, they don't have any chemistry. They seem to be a cliquish ball club. I know that right now when you're losing, uh, it's hard to, you know, it's easy to pick at certain things. And when the Cubs are winning, you go, look how happy a dugout it is. Well, if things get reversed, you'll see the Cubs will be sad for a while. It's it's baseball. But the Sox, I picked them for third for a reason. And uh, they went home run when now it's supposed to be speed, uh, defense, and real good pitching. They got plotters like Grandel, like Vaughn. Eloy. Eloy Jimenez can't run the first base without pulling a muscle, without having a hamstring. It's a softball lineup again, and they've yep. had a lot of softball team lineups, mm-hmm. Mike. Yep. You know, I want to ask you a question. Adam Delavitt, when he was executive producer for the Mac Yurko and Harry show in yep. 05, this is, this is during the White Sox run to a World Series title, first in 88 mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. He asked me if it is hard, even during success, to remain a White Sox fan. And my answer is yes. They have made it difficult to remain a fan even during good times. Have you experienced that same emotion? 
absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, look, to go to the park is an all-day excursion. Uh, we've talked about that, you and I, back in the day. I mean, to get to that place, if you live farther north, okay, to drive through town, to get there, it's an all-day thing. You want to have a good baseball team to come see, you go there, you find out two guys are sitting. Um, they Their marketing has not uh, always been the best. Uh, they seem to be not that fan-friendly. There was a fight in the stands the other night that uh, was, I mean, my God, I was in a fight in high school, and I was saying, would somebody break this up? I'm getting my butt kicked. And, you know, it, it, was, it was like for two minutes. I'm watching this fight the other night. There's two minutes. They sent some uh, lady usher down there, and finally the, the people had to use some sense in saying somebody's going to get killed here. So it wasn't a good look. Uh, they had a very sparse crowd the other day. Uh, I, I think it's a franchise in trouble. Uh, 70% of the White Sox fan base is gullible to the fact that they believe whatever comes out of the media, Danny. The media has helped sell the Chicago White Sox rebuild as hard as any rebuild I've ever seen. And you know what? I, I think they should almost change their name to the rebuilds because they tell everybody, here's what we're going to do. It's going to take us four years, and then we're going to run the division. Well, that's not happening right now. And I think the fans feel a little bit betrayed about that. That fight was crazy. And the people who wound up trying to break, if you and I saw the same two minutes, yep. it was mostly women involved, two in yes. particular. And then then you had the third woman in. I don't know what the penalty in the NHL is for third woman in. but I think she gets five minutes. I'm thinking myself the whole time, as few people are in this ballpark, there seem to be even fewer security people per for, per customer. Where are security at? That's it was crazy. And now on social media, if you're planning on going to a White Sox game, when you come to town, okay, if you're out of town, you want to come to a White Sox game, and before you go, you're on social media, and you see that, and you say to yourself, okay, there's a... A handful of people in the park, and there's no security at all. It, it was uh, an embarrassment. It is. It's an embarrassment. And uh, they try to hush it up as fast as they can. But the pic- picture's worth a thousand words. That's it. I mean, the film's there. I mean, the videotape was there. And they see. And you're right. I mean, uh, uh, Lady White Sox fans, okay, uh, I'll tell you what. I think the lady White Sox fans might be tougher than the, the male White Sox fans. Yeah, there it is. There it is. There it is. Yeah. And they all they all smoke Marlboro Reds, too. Bless Do you. they? See, I thought they smoked Parliament. <laughs> Bite the filters off and smoke mm-hmm. We have a great sports memory today in Chicago sports history, even though the Bulls didn't win the series against Boston. In 1986, today is the anniversary of Jordan's 63 points he put up against the Celtics. This is one of the most remarkable stats in sports history, Mike. He scored 63 points against Boston and didn't take a three-point shot the entire night. Well, they weren't big back then, but I do know this. If that three-point shot was relevant back then, Michael Jordan would have worked his butt off to become the best three-point shooter out there, and he would have been more dangerous. I've said this this year already. He'd average 40 points a game, and he wouldn't even break a sweat in today's defense where they're putting up. The over-unders used to be 190, okay, 195 when they played defense. Now I'm looking at 233, 240. I, I mean, who would score those points for the Bulls back then? It would be Michael Jordan. 
I think easily 40-point-a-game guy. I never saw one man makes Hall of Famers look silly. Bird, Parrish, McHale, Ainge, Johnson made them look silly. He said, who wants to guard me now? Bird's on him. He gets around Bird. Parrish is waiting. Puts the ball up. Puts it in. Probably the greatest in a loss. The greatest individual game, one of them, that I've ever seen Michael have. Period. End of story. And it, it happened, I think, in a losing. Yeah, they lost that game. And he did his best to carry that whole team on his back, which he did so many times. And uh, one of the greatest individual efforts, like you said, Dan, I've seen ever in on the NBA, on NBA court against that caliber of team. You can follow Mike on Twitter at North to North. Thanks for the visit. Look forward to it on a weekly basis, buddy. God, we're looking good. Man, are we looking good. I'll see ya. See ya, Sammy. <laughs> so long, everybody. Mike was as big of a reason as any. The score took off out of the gate like a comet in the early 90s. His midday show with Dan Jiggets immediately became the face show of the radio station, and it's going to be fun to reconnect with him on a weekly basis here on the Bet Rivers podcast. You can also catch him with Carmen DeFalco as they make their college and pro plays. When there's college, I don't know if they're betting anything college right now. Knowing North, he's probably betting college baseball as long as there's odds he will wager on it but I look forward to his uh, his I don't agree with a lot of what he says I thought his his comment on Justin Field setting the single season Bears or single season NFL rushing record is just asinine but there are some people who support that <laughs> asinine works want to invite all of you who live in northwest indiana or the south suburbs in fact it doesn't matter what the address says on your driver's license everybody is welcome to come but i want to call attention to a terrestrial show i'm doing a week from tomorrow the morning after the draft actually it's a lunch between noon and two on friday the 28th that's next friday I'm going to take my WJOB and Jed TV show to Doc's Smokehouse and Craft Bar on Calumet Avenue in Dyer, Indiana. We do the show. We've been doing this terrestrial show on the last Friday of each month from a location in Northwest Indiana. We, we have got a brand new sponsor in Doc's Smokehouse. So we will be there for lunch. If you don't have anything to do the morning after the draft, make the drive to Doc's Smokehouse. Visit DocSmokehouse.net for details on how to get to the establishment. They have an outstanding menu that features southern smoked barbecue done low and slow the way great brisket has to be done and you have your choice of whether you want to go lean or fatty you're silly not to try at least a combination no matter what your waistline is telling you these days because the fatty brisket is by far the best they also have 64 taps many of them local top shelf small batch bourbons and rye whiskeys, scotch whiskeys, all kinds of, of, of upper-level vodkas. If you are a taster, you need to get your butt to Doc's Barbecue. If not for the show a week from tomorrow on the 28th and Dyer, get to Doc's very, very soon. It's, it's a great place to watch sports and have great food. The smoked chicken wings are phenomenal. 
I typically don't like smoked ribs, but the way they do a dry rub on their smoked ribs, they don't even need sauce, and it's not the overrated parboiled until you take all the flavor out of a rib, which is the dumbest thing you can do when cooking ribs. Oh, they're falling off the bone tender, yes, and they require a sauce for flavor. They're so tender. It's like the filet, and I won't criticize the filet. At least it has a little bit of chew to it, at least some chew, even though you can get through it with a butter knife. That's not the case with these ribs. These ribs have a bit of a chew to them, and they don't need any additional sauce. So that's where we will be a week from tomorrow. Doc Smokehouse in Craft Bar, Dyer, Indiana. The Bears have the ninth pick one week from tonight. Ryan Poles. What's he going to do? Will he take Peter Skaronsky, the tackle from Northwestern, who I heard from Todd McShay the other day on ESPN 1000, suggest he has distanced himself from the next three or four tackles in the draft. He is a spot above them, and it's a big drop. Not a colossal drop, but if the Bears trade down and run the risk of not getting Skaronsky because he will go somewhere else before they next pick, they will be getting a significantly lesser of a prospect. He runs well. He's good in space when you want to get him on the edge in a screen game. Skaronsky has got good feet, and he is supposed to be a great prospect at offensive tackle. The Bears have only drafted one great tackle in my lifetime on the offensive line, and that was 40 years ago when they took Jim Covert out of Pitt. They've tried five times since to draft a tackle or a guard in the case of Kyle Long, who they weren't sure, given he had very little college experience. He was a bust-out pitcher at Florida State. A lot of people have forgotten that or never heard it to begin with. He was a baseball player initially, but he was in love with Mother Nature. Kyle Long was a gongist, and he got in trouble at Florida State, and he winds up winds up going to Oregon, and he only had a, a year and a half or maybe even a little less than that of starting experience but given his bloodlines and given his his father Howie's legacy with the Oakland and LA Raiders, they rolled dice on him. It worked out. He wasn't a great player. Was he worth taking in the first round? Man, it's hard to say that he was. He was the best player on bad teams for a number of years. But he's the only one of the five they took in round one who ever made a difference in a Bears uniform. Will Skaronsky be the next Jim Covert? Man, that is a great thought. Even though Covert didn't play incredibly long, he helped pave the way for the Bears winning a bunch of NFC rushing titles. They were they were tremendous in that capacity. They also protected very well in an era when you weren't asked to throw more than 25 times a game. So that's my hope. They do take Skaronsky. If they don't, it better be a difference maker of a pass rusher. I want a guy on the edge. I really do. I think they're better at linebacker with the two free agents they signed, but it was hard not to be better at linebacker. They they could have gone out and found Ron Cox, who Bill Tobin drafted out of Fresno and suggested he was going to be the next Lawrence Taylor. He's a Lawrence Taylor type. Yeah, except for that he doesn't get to the passer. Other than that, he is a Lawrence Taylor type, although I don't know about his fondness for um, 
for cocaine. That was something that Lawrence Taylor had on his resume early and often. I want to thank you very much for listening. Thanking Mike North for joining me. My executive producer of the Danny Mac podcast is the proud Highland Trojan, Sam Michael. And Adam Delavitt is the guy who makes it happen at Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Thanks for being with me. Back on Monday. Have a great weekend. Stay warm. And don't worry, summer is almost here. I'm Dan McNeil. So long.